Do not build around a trend. Just because everyone's doing blockchain for what? Like, you don't need to do that. So I think it's much better to start with your passion. It doesn't have to be $100 million. If your passion is fish tanks, go be the best at selling fish tanks or innovating in the fish tank space. So it's like nothing wrong with that too. I talked a little bit about this, why MySpace lost. We were not narrow. We were in every vertical you ever could be in too. So in the early stage, you have to be ruthless about doing one thing great and not many things kind of okay. And just that super hyper focus before you can start to build out everything. I think this is where a lot of founders struggle because they're smart people. They have so many ideas. They see like way down the field of what this is going to be or what they want it to be. I'm Stephen Cummins, and this is episode 80 of 14 Minutes of SaaS, and the final one of a five-part mini-series with Sean Percival, CMO at Whereby. He admits to being an introvert, and that even after being on 500 stages, his hands shake before going up on stage. Why 500 stages? Because Sean loves to embrace things that are difficult for him. He loves a challenge. I find this refreshing because there's a lot of jazzy, crazy, look at me CMOs with groovy shoes out there. Sean is entirely atypical in this regard. He's very approachable and doesn't want to be that person that only surrounds himself with celebrity business people. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories, and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. But I gotta say, like I've never been happier, lower stress. Nice. But because of moving to a different country, and, and another funny thing is I've talked a little bit about reducing distractions. Uh, there's nothing better than if you don't speak the language, and all of a sudden <laughs> you realize you have so much more brain capacity and overhead. I don't watch local news. I don't read the local newspaper. I'm not overhearing conversations because I don't really know what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. like this year has just been about after being in LA and so many ups and downs of startup life, it's been about like generating focus for me. So yeah, no work at night. And if I'm working on the weekend, it's passion projects. You know, it's, it's like passion stuff. It's very know? interesting to hear because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a language vulture. I, ca I, mm. I can't stand not to be able to. So any, when I went places, I, I focus massively on the language. But it's a very interesting perspective that it actually frees you up from so many things. And it, it actually would be very hard to learn Norwegian yeah, um, uh, because they speak such good English. So yeah. they want to hear your English. They want to. They like speaking English. They like yeah. it. They love it. If, yeah. if you speak bad Norwegian, they'll just switch to English because it's uncomfortable for them. If you were to walk away tomorrow from the sorts of things you've been doing in a period, um, but all, all of that tech stuff, and you would just walk away, is there anything you could imagine that you would do away from that world? Uh, yeah, trust me, I've thought about it, <laughs> especially like some stressful times as well, too. Uh, but I think what I would do is, and this keeps coming back to me, which tells me there might be something there. Now, I have written a few books. I would love to just do nothing but that. Wow. And if I had a vision where I would be, I would be sitting in a beautiful cabin in Vermont for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And just enjoying the seasons change. And I don't know what I'd be writing about, but different stories and all these stories I've had bubbling in my head as well, too. So it's like... Yeah, I would love to just go write books. And I don't even care if anyone reads them. I just want to like write and create. And very startup-like, where it's like, yeah, maybe I'll write 10 books and maybe one of them someone cares about. And yeah. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I always come back to that. And for some reason, I always see Vermont in my head. I don't know why. You're a marketer. You're very comfortable and confident in your own skin. You used to have been 
uh, interaction with people and being on stage and all of that. But actually, you strike me as a, an introvert at uh, heart. It's absolutely accurate. I'm a very introverted person. Okay. Which people are always surprised because I do get on stage a lot. Yeah. But this is how I challenge myself, where it's like, yeah, I still get nervous. I've probably been on 500 stages. Who knows? But it's like, I still get nervous. And actually, yeah. sometimes when I'm going out, if I have my phone or a piece of notepaper, my hands actually shaking. Really? And so, well, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. But but, I, but one of the things that struck me when I spoke to you almost immediately actually was, the, at heart, you were an introvert. I, I don't know. It's absolutely. And it's that's 100%. just. In, and people are always surprised. So you have very good instinct. Yeah. Um, if I go talk, if I do a big uh, speech, or if I'm in a very social environment, I sometimes need to escape really quick. Okay. So if I'm on stage and do a lot, I typically cannot go to the after mixer thing because I've exhausted my social uh, capital, I don't know, <laughs> my, my social currency. My There's own. only so much of that battery no. that you've got for a day, right? I need to like leave and, and be in a quiet space as well. But I, this is how I've been like pushing myself my whole life. I'm scared to death of heights. Yeah. So I went skydiving. Like I just like always trying to find these ways to right. like, how can I like break this? And if it can't break, then it's not meant to be broken. But like, I'm going to like push it a lot too. And, and it does give me energy, but it, man, it really drains me to be on stage and be social. Mm. So, but it probably helps you um, to be to work more effectively in those quiet moments um, because some people in the marketing space would be very much uh, on the brash uh, kind of, um, I suppose, uh, extroverted side of life. And for them, it probably takes them a little while to switch into it when they step away from that. Um, whereas for you, it's probably like you embrace it and straight away you're, you're into whatever you're doing. So there's probably some yeah. power in that as well. I'm a marketer, but I don't really go and like bash you with, oh, I do all this and look at all my numbers. Yeah. And da, da, da. The guy before me, it was nothing but a commercial for his company. And I was like, oh, you're killing the mood in the room. You have this audience, like inspire them, make them laugh, like have a good time. It's like if I'm marketing it myself, it's like, or what I'm doing, it's usually a footnote. Yeah. I want to inspire and get you excited to the point where, yeah, maybe you go look up, oh, appear in, great. Yeah. So it's more of this halo effect of marketing, yeah. not me trying to force it down your throat. And that's more so happened as I've been in the Nordics, because it's a bad thing to be a marketer. It's a bad thing to be too much ego of course, uh, driven. Of course. Yeah. And it's actually one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you, because um, uh, for some reason, when I see the name, I think, um, yeah, he's kind of colorful character people know about him and and uh he'd be more out there than most people uh but actually when i went online i couldn't find a, a deep deep dive into who you were yeah so because you're not that type of guy who, who goes out and says hey i'm sean you know look what i've done um but so it's a it's an unusual one what's the thing in life that drives you do you think ah it's a good question it's a little bit hard to it's very hard, hard to answer yeah very very <laughs> tough to answer but um yeah if i guess if i thought about like yeah why do i get up in the morning like I like creating, I like inspiring. So I'm trying to create or inspire others to create. And that's really always what pushes me. So like I'm, I'm a quote unquote boss, but I'm not a micromanager. I'm just like, what do you need to get the job done? And what is in your way? And let's together get those roadblocks out of the way so you can go create and go fail or succeed. I don't know what's gonna happen. It's a roulette, like who knows? So it's like, I don't know. I, I just found that like, that's where I excel is like, helping these like early stage companies or founders or whatever it might be like trying to push and inspire them and be vulnerable you talked earlier about like yeah you must like be like a rock star in oslo and like so many people are intimidated to even come talk to me wow. and they email me all the time and i i saw you at the event and i just i, I just couldn't come up and say hi and i'm just like 
I'm the most like down to earth, approachable person. You know, I will sit with anyone. I don't care who you are or what's your background. Like, I will sit with anyone and have a discussion too. So I, I don't want to be this like. I don't want to be up there, basically. Yeah. So I want to be approachable. You approached me, so maybe it worked. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. so for anyone listening, uh, I went up and just said hi to Sean, and we just chatted away straight away in the media area in uh, in DTS. And uh, so anyone wants to talk to Sean, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, you'll get too many people. <laughs> just go up and say hello to him in Oslo, everyone. It's okay. Please do, especially in Oslo, because Norwegians, no one ever comes up to me. Okay, yeah. okay. If I do a talk in America, everyone's coming up and wants yeah, to talk. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. in Europe and Nordics, it's like, yeah, you're too damn shy people. <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to say hello. You strike me as someone who's more interested in business models and how to get, get stuff, once it's good, how to get it out there, grow it. Um, you know, you're, you're not obsessed with technology. Maybe you are, but it, you don't seem obsessed with, to me. Is there a tech trend at the moment that particularly kind of grabs you outside of what Appearing is involved in? Uh, yeah, good question. And I, I've seen so much come and go, and it's like everything is AI and blockchain and drones and virtual reality. And so, and I was actually, I got really into blockchain because that was really exciting to me. The technology was great. The adoption just hasn't happened, and it just became too overhyped. So I'm, I'm kind of, I am an early adopter. It's like, yeah, I was super early in Bitcoin and blockchain because the technology fascinated me. I felt it was like an onion where it's like, that's a technology I like where it's like, it's an onion where it's like, you can keep pulling back layers and there's something new and there's a new application. That, that kind of what gets me excited. Um, but lately, I don't know. Like I'm, I don't know, I'm a bit uninspired to be honest. Okay. And one question at uh, DTS was like, what's the great new marketing trend? And I'm like, there isn't. What does it's that like, mean? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> there isn't. The platforms are getting better. They're getting more efficient. You can reach more people. But it's like, I don't know. Uh, I know there'll be some shifts and we'll take some leaps very soon. But I think we're in a little bit of a lull in terms of like really exciting innovation that is changing the world. You know, SaaS is just taking over. There's just SaaS for everything. You know, there's a SaaS for everything. I, I'm an investor in a SaaS company for cemeteries. You know, it's like, it's just, I don't know. SaaS is taking over, but I, I'm not seeing the leaps that I saw when like Web 2.0 happened and you know, these type of things. I'm, I'm not seeing those leaps lately. What are the things, you know, you're a bit on the modest side, so maybe it's a bit of a dangerous question to ask you, but if you can limit yourself to one or two things, um, you've obviously got great qualities to get to where you've gotten to over the years. What are the one or two things you'd love to improve on uh, professionally? This is like a job interview. These are like uh. tough questions. <laughs> Where are you most strong? Where That's are you uh, well, you see, it was a Trojan well? horse thing. It, the first half of the interview was easy, and now it's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. Now you're hitting me with the hard stuff, too. What would I improve on? Uh, I know there's areas to improve, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, it's what we talked about earlier, where I, I love giving so much to other founders and so much help. I actually would like to be a little bit more selfish sometimes, you know? So here, I'll, I'll kill that sort of modesty for you, too, just because, like... I do worry that I've, I've literally met thousands of founders and sat down with them, sure. at least two or 3,000 founders at a minimum, and coached them and helped them and talked to them too. And like, I don't know, I worry. Do you feel that fragments you and distracts you too does. much? Yeah, that's yeah. why I was kind of nice to go to appear and, and have a single role. 500 startups, I was running their accelerators. So my day was, how do I help 30 companies at a time? There's 30 in a batch too. My brain got very fragmented that's as incredible. well. So I don't know, let's kill some of that modesty. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and there's always these like debates about like late bloomer or do you have to do everything in your 20s? I still feel like there is some great innovation or new crazy ideas that I want to pursue even though I'm pushing 40. You know, it's like the life's not over. Like, uh, Dude, that's very young. Yeah, I know. You're talking to a guy who's <laughs> way beyond that. <laughs> Doesn't feel like it all the time too. So it's like, 
I don't know, if I could improve, it was like to like challenge myself and maybe make more time for myself. Yeah. If you were to take, um, I guess, one or two, or maybe three things that, uh, that would be particularly valuable, you think, for any entrepreneur across the board to be cognizant of, um, you know, things that you would find yourself saying to almost anyone thinking of jumping into uh, the tough world of, of starting up a business. Um, what might those two or three things that you think are key and across the board be? Yeah, I think number one is like build around your passion. Do not build around a trend. Just because everyone's doing blockchain for what? Like you don't need to do that. So I think it's much better start with your passion. It doesn't have to be $100 million. If your passion is fish tanks, go be the best at selling fish tanks or innovating in the fish tank space. So it's like nothing wrong with that too. Um, move like be incredibly narrow at first i talked a little bit about this why myspace lost we were not narrow we were in every vertical you ever could be in too so in the early stage you have to be ruthless about doing one thing great and not many things kind of okay and just that super hyper focus before you can start to build out everything i think this is where a lot of founders struggle because they're smart people they have so many ideas they see like way down the field of what this is going to be or what they want it to be but you have to start like very foundational, like doing that one thing. You know, I usually use the example of if you are trying to build a NASA dashboard with all the bells and whistles and dials, that's not what you need to start with. Step one is build a huge red button that says fire. <laughs> and instead of building the dashboard, it's like a single button and you just click that button and it does that one thing great. I know you probably have big visions and you wanna build a lot of big stuff, but it's really about doing one thing great and not many things kind of good. That's the secret to success. Sean Percival, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for appearing on 14 Minutes of SaaS. Absolutely, thank you so much. In the next episode, we move away from my native city and the Dublin Tech Summit to rise in Hong Kong, where I interviewed Dr. Wan Ling, better known outside of Asia as Winnie Lee, co-founder and chief operating officer of Appier. Appier, founded in Taipei in Taiwan, is a provider of an AI-powered platform that enables brands and retailers to make better marketing decisions and increase customer engagement. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Katsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins, if you enjoy the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating.